Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Brendo Steve here. No, Larson's not here. He's on vacation. Even if he wasn't on vacation, he wouldn't be here because this is Steve's Global Force Wrestling Impact Review. Um, I did this for a spell over on the MF Steve here channel. That's my own personal channel where I dick around and my wife and I do gameplay stuff. Um, and I wanted to test it out and see if there was any sort of audience for it there. And uh, I noticed there kind of was. I mean, my channel is pretty small, but I was getting in, uh, you know, I don't know, four to 5,000 views. So I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe I can just bring this over to the Going In Raw channel. And I asked Larson, and he says, I don't care. It's, you know, free money for me, for him, for Larson, for not doing any work. So I sit there, and I watch GFW every week. Look. Let's be frank. At this point in this rebranded TNA GFW thing, it's not really must-see TV. Um, I watch it because I have spare time on Friday mornings. I can do this review. I can watch it while I'm eating my breakfast, while I'm putting together stuff for the show. And so that's why I'm doing this solo. Um, Maybe at some point, Larson has actually said maybe at some point, He'll be able to put together the time to watch GFW. Um, it's uh, I, here. Here's the thing, and this is this is I've, I mentioned this on the show, but this is you know for the going in raw audience. Maybe you guys haven't seen uh, my GFW reviews on my personal channel, and my approach is this. I want to see GFW TNA. So I hate calling it GFW. TNA has always had. Regardless of when they were around, they've always had good talent. Their business practices and business dealings have so overshadowed what they have in terms of the positives that it's difficult to take the product seriously, or it has been for a little while now. So... Um, but with this sort of clean slate that they're trying to establish, um, I figured, what the heck, I got the PlayStation View service. Now I can write that off as a tax break. So that's awesome, too. So that's where I'm coming from. I don't have anything against GFW. I think some of the stuff they do is goofy. I think there are definitely some things they can work on, but I like to highlight the positives as well as the negatives. This week, um, we're leading up to, I think there's like two weeks away from their Destination X um, special, which is not, I don't think, a pay-per-view. I think it's actually going to be on, um, it's going to be uh, live on Pop TV. Um, I, I think, from what I understand, that's when they're going to debut the actual GFW Unified Championship, so people aren't going to be carrying around two belts, which I actually kind of like. Um, so there you go. That's where I'm coming from in GFW. This is not meant to slam the company or the product. There's a lot of good stuff going on. I just review the show as I see it. 
Sometimes they'll comment on the behind-the-scenes news stuff. For example, Alberto Del Rio has said recently his suspension from GFW in relation to the incident he had at that airport with Page is going to be coming up, um, is going to be ending soon. Uh, he didn't give a specific date when. That was on a podcast he did, I think, with Bully Ray. Um, and so, you know, I, I have a, my main problem or, you know, one of my issues with GFW is the fact that they bring in guys like Alberto Del Rio, Alberto El Patron, um, guys who, you know, if, if, if somebody wants to tune in and see something different than the WWE, if you're loading up with guys that were from the WWE and didn't really get over to the degree that maybe, you know, they, they could have or should have, you know, I'm not sure what that says about your product, especially when you have really, really quality guys like EC3, like Moose, um, Braxton Sutter, a couple other guys. Um, so, but you know, I take the good with the bad and there's a lot to, there's, I, I was actually pretty entertained by this week's episode. Um, so here is Steve's GFW impact review for, uh, August 3rd, 2017. Uh, first off, we open with Conan saying there's going to be a new member of LAX. LAX is of course the, the, the gang that Conan runs, which features homicide Ortiz. And a guy and a girl. <laughs> Forget their names now. Uh, but that's okay. Um, I knew them last week. I'm see here. Oh, and here's another thing about these reviews. I'm still learning too. I'm still piecing together the pieces of the puzzle. I'm coming into this as a new perspective fan of the product. And so far, what I've seen, I'm I, I'm going to keep on watching. If I thought, man, this is a horrible crap, I probably still watch. But uh, but anyways, I'm still learning, and LAX is loaded with guys. Here's one of my problems with LAX. Conan does, like, all the talking. Nobody else gets the word edgewise. Even when they're doing those awesome, like, uh, clubhouse scenes of, of LAX sitting around plotting, and they're playing with wire cutters and stuff, nobody else really talks. It's just Conan talking, and the others just, like, sort of mumble things. So, um, anyways, he says there's going to be a new member of LAX. Now, for the past couple of weeks, they've been trying to force Alberto El Patron um, and I think he was, I didn't notice if he was wearing his Alberto Del Rio trunks this week. Every week that he wears Alberto Del Rio trunks with the ADR on the butt, which he's done since he's been signed to GFW, I refer to him as Alberto Del Rio. Otherwise, I will respect his request to call him Alberto El Patron. Uh, anyways, there's going to be a new member. Ooh, I wonder who it's going to be. Um, I, I said off the bat, I thought it was going to be Alberto El Patron's brother, El, El Hijo del, de Dos Caros. Dos, dos Caros. Anyway, so we're going to find out later on tonight who the new member of LAX is. Um, but that brought us to our first match of the night, the Super X Cup match. Um, and I think this was a, uh, like a semifinal, I think. I think this was one semifinal. The next semifinal is going to be next week, and I think then the Destination X is going to be the final. This was Drago versus Desmond Xavier. So the Super X thing is, I think, like quicker guys, like cooler guys, like more indie guys and doing crazy stuff. So one of the guys is Drago, who's this really cool-looking lucha guy who has, like, a really crazy long tongue. He's either supposed to be a space alien or some sort of demon. I can't really tell. I know he said space alien, and somebody in my comments last week was like, he's not a space alien, he's like a demon or something like that. I don't know. He's Drago. He's dope. And then Desmond Xavier, a very athletic young man. He's pretty cool, too. <laughs> a young man. I think he's actually, like, my age. Hold on a second. I'm going to double-check that. I swear. It's, oh, no, that was somebody else. That was somebody else. No, he's young. This guy right here. So I looked up Desmond Xavier, and then I found a guy named just Xavier. And he was he's like my age. 
That's not the same guy, though. I was like, man, there's no way Desmond Xavier is my age. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, uh, pretty cool match. It was a good match. It was a good, some good stuff going on here. Some interesting moves um, uh, started out. Each guy sort of feeling each other out. Desmond kept on attempting. Desmond Xavier kept on attempting some offense. Drago would counter in very creative and cool ways, um, frustrating Desmond. Um, they brawled on the outside. Uh, got back inside. Both men ended up knocking each other out at one point. Drago started attacking Desmond Xavier's legs. That was followed by some strikes by uh, Desmond, uh, followed by – he's got a really good-looking uh, RKO. It's, it's a cutter. I mean, they don't call it an RKO, I don't think. Um, they just call it a cutter. And I like – they even said, like, one of the, the – and the thing also about GFW, I really like their commentary team. I think they're hilarious. Pope said a couple things in this episode that were absolutely hilarious. Um, anyways, Desmond ends up hitting a cutter on Drago. Drago then gave a draping DDT to Desmond Xavier. Desmond Xavier hit what the, he calls an X19, which is like an X division version of the 619. Same thing. Dude's draping over the whatever, and then Desmond runs over there and gives him a 619 kind of. Um, and then Desmond Xavier uh, gets the win with the final flash, which is like a spinning senton bomb thing off the top rope. Good stuff. Good match. Fun stuff. Desmond Xavier moves on um, to the finals. I think, and then next week we're going to have the semifinals between somebody. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, next up, we had an EC3 interview. He's got a match tonight against Moose for the Grand Impact Grand Championship, which is like a weird thing where there's rounds and scoring. Um, and so, anyways, in the interview, he says he's a hot commodity. He uh, looked at the camera and addressed Moose directly, said, I'm in your head, and I'm going to win the Grand Championship tonight. Uh... That, in my opinion, actually should have been the main event, to be honest with you. Uh, no, I guess not, because there was a big reveal at the end. Anyways, then we get uh, another interview, this time backstage, with the Patron fam- family, La Familia de Patron, with Alberto, his dad, Dos Caras, and his brother, El Hijo de Dos Caras. As you guys might know or might not know, El Hijo means son. Uh, anyways, he's back there. <laughs> he, Adam, he just starts ripping into his brother. Saying, I know you've been friends with Conan for a very long time, pero you are the new member, aren't you? <laughs> and his brother's like, what are you talking about? I'm your brother. I'm Elio de Dorscaras. Why are you yelling at me? And uh, Alberto's like, I just like to yell at people. You've all heard the tape from me and Paige yelling at each other. I'm joking. He didn't actually say that. But we all know that about Alberto. He's not shy about yelling at people. Anyways. Yeah, he just says, I can't trust you, brother. Uh, Karen Jarrett comes in out of nowhere and is like, you guys need to settle down. And then Bruce Pritchard comes in and he's like, Bruce, I need to talk to you, Karen. Oh, it just went off the rails. And then the Patron family just kind of drifted away as they were bleeping out some curse words that Alberto was saying. So anyways, there's strife between the Patron family. Uh, next up came uh, Trevor Lee with the X Division title, even though he is not X Division champion. Um, he was fighting the Mumbai Cat. The great thing about Trevor Lee, there's a lot of great things about Trevor Lee. He's one of my favorites. Um, but because he stole the X Division Championship from Sanjay Dutt, um, and that was like weeks ago, and Bruce Pritchard, like the authority figure, has been totally cool with it. It's just weird. I've, 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 I've described it as like a Kafka-esque situation where this villainous Trevor Lee Stole a title from Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay Dutt tries to get it back, and like Bruce Pritchard, this completely mellow, seemingly authority heel figure, 
who like is the least flamboyantly heelish guy there is. Like he just makes decisions that are really dickish, but he seems very cool about it. Like he's not like an asshole or anything. Like outwardly, anyways, it's a weird dynamic, but it's pretty funny. Anyways, Sanjay Dutt keeps on trying to get his title back, and Bruce Pritchard keeps on throwing him out of the building. But it's his title. Like, he has a good point. Uh, anyways, the Mumbai Cat comes down, who is a uh, an Indian luchador. I mean, I know luchadors are native to Mexico, but this he's a mass wrestler from India, the Mumbai Cat. It was fairly obvious that it was going to be Sanjay Dutt, though. Uh, but apparently he comes down... And then the real Mumbai Cat, like that dude was the Mumbai Cat. He rolls under the ring. Sanjay Dutt, Mumbai Cat, rolls out of the, under the ring. There's like two Mumbai Cats. He comes up, starts destroying Trevor Lee, and, uh, and, uh, and attacks him and gets the pin on Trevor Lee. This wasn't for the title because Trevor Lee isn't technically a champion. Um, Mumbai Cat unmasks himself as Sanjay Dutt. You can see that coming a mile away. Uh, anyways, security comes down with Bruce Pritchard, who for some reason has a problem with Sanjay Dutt. I don't think this was ever actually explained. I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, so anyway, Sanjay Dutt, he says, hold on a second, okay, I, I want my title back. How about we fight for it in a ladder match at uh, Destination X? I personally really hope Sanjay Dutt puts over Trevor Lee and Sanjay Dutt kind of moves to the background. From what I understand, he's the... Uh, producer for the X Division. He's like the head honcho creatively behind the scenes of the X Division. I like Sanjay Dutt. I just don't feel like he has a ton of charisma. And so I really like, like, when during his feud with Low Key, I really love Low Key. It looks like he tries to hurt people in the ring, but I really like Low Key. I think he's got tons of charisma. And he has that voice, which is freaking amazing. Um, Trevor Lee is all sorts of fantastic. Sanjay Dutt just comes off as a nerd. I don't really want my nerd as champion. Sorry. So. I think he should go back behind the scenes or maybe just be like a, an enhancement talent, like a jobber to the stars. So, in any event, Destination X, we're going to get a ladder match between Sanjay Dutt and uh, Trevor Lee for the X Division Championship. So, uh, that should be a fun match. Uh, next up, we had um, a video package for Lashley where he's, uh, they're talking to people at America Top Team, which is the, the MMA facility that he trains at, apparently. Um, next up, we have... Uh, a little bit with Grado, who is a, a portly British wrestler who looks literally like, if you think about this, Grado looks like a fat version. Grado looks like if me and Pat Oswald had a kid and he was like 60 pounds heavier than me. That's what Grado looks like, and it bugs the crap out of me. But he's got a lot of charisma. I like him, and Joe Parks is good. Joe Parks is a, a bis, but like as a normal guy. Um, anyways, Grado is about to get... Uh, deported back to his uh, homeland of the UK. Joe Parks is trying to help prevent that from happening, and so they've been concocting this scheme where Grado is going to propose and marry uh, Laurel Van Ness, who uh, was, is like this bride who was rejected at the altar by uh, Braxton Sutter in a, a whole different timeline. Um, but he keeps on getting uh, Congo Kong, this giant man with massive breasts, Keep on, keeps on like stopping this from happening. So that's the deal with that. Uh, so we're setting that up. Fine. Maybe we're going to get like some resolution tonight. Uh, next up, uh, Eli Drake comes down with Chris Adonis, who for you guys have not been paying attention, Chris Adonis is Chris Masters from WWE. Looks pretty good still. 
Uh, anyways, Eli Drake, I really like him. He's a heel. He's good. So he comes down. He's going to fight Eddie Edwards, apparently. And the cool thing about this was that they were not, there were no swole mates there. The swole mates were these two really buff guys who have their own crap show on pop, who have zero charisma, but they were doing like a, a pop TV crossover type thing where they were trying to promote swole mates. Uh, it was really bad. It was really annoying. I really like Eli Drake. Though. He's got a great look to him. And he's cool. Um, he was going to fight Eddie Edwards. But uh, before that happened, uh, Congo Kong and his massive breasts were uh, beating up Eddie Edwards backstage. So that match never happened. Um, then Congo Kong started beating up on Richard Justice, who's the standby wrestler. He's the fat guy who just hangs out backstage and gets ready for matches, but he's never putting them. Which is kind of funny. Again, that's kind of a funny concept. Uh, moving on. Let's see here. We had, uh, oh, next up we had EC3 versus Moose for the Impact Grand Championship. Now, for those of you who don't know, and I didn't know when I first started doing these reviews, the Grand Championship was, I think, a concoction of Billy Corbin's during his time there. And Moose is the current Grand Champion. And the Grand Championship is defended in matches that have three rounds, and each round is scored by three judges. And the current judges are Bruce Pritchard, Dutch Mantel, and Scott DeMore, I think is his name. Um, so they hang out at ringside, and it's goofy as shit. It really is super goofy. The last time I saw this, Moose was defending against shit. I forget who, and EC3 came. Oh, oh, um, um, uh, the Japanese wrestler from Pro Wrestling Noah, I think. To Fuji, to Mafuji, I forget his name. Anyways, he didn't show up this week. Uh, it was EC3 versus Moose. This is actually a really fun match. I'll be honest, this is really cool. And in that previous match, it just felt goofy, the whole scoring thing, and they stopped the matches. I think Moose is a good champion for the Grand Championship because, I don't know, I, just, it, I felt it worked for him. Like, he, he's very athletic. Like, he's deceivingly, deceptively, sorry, deceptively athletic. He can jump really high. He's got, like, a really good vertical. Um, and uh, and I, I thought this was good. And so uh, round one um, ended up going to EC3. Um, he really, really laid it on to Moose. There was some brawling on the outside. EC3 was yelling at Bruce Pritchard saying, score that, Bruce. Um, but he really put a, did a number on Moose. Round one went to him. Round two, we had, uh, like, a chop fest. Um, EC3 got in an overhead suplex. He was slapping Moose around, but then Moose came back with a headbutt, some running strikes, a big running drop kick, um, and then a big drop kick counter to EC on the turnbuckle. Uh, so round two was won by Moose. I don't know. I don't really. I, I thought that EC3 dominated most of the round two, but you know, you wouldn't have a round three if that was the case. Moving on to round three, uh, this was a very even round. Like they actually choreographed this really, really well. Um, Moose hit a power bomb followed by a senton. Uh, he grabbed EC3 off the top, up the top turnbuckle, transitioned that into a sit down power bomb. EC3 hit his uh, previous finisher called the one percenter, but Moose kicked out of that. EC3 did a really good job of uh, of selling uh, sort of astonishment that somebody actually kicked out of the one percenter. Um, Moose sold the shit out of a clothesline. Like Moose is really athletic. It's weird because he's kind of he's like I think. He's like a former, well, I know he's a former NFL guy, but I think he was like a heavier, like an alignment or something. Um, anyways, uh, Moose uh, hit a sit-down choke slam, um, and then it went to the judges, because both men were down at that point, and the round expired. 
Um, so it was really cool. So Dutch Mantel scored it um, even, 10-10, each man, okay? Then Scott DeMore, 10-10. And then Bruce Pritchard scored it 10-8 in favor of your new grand champion, EC3. So again, mild-mannered heel Bruce Pritchard scored it 8-10 for a round that was very even, and both other judges said it was dead even. So again, doing heelish things, but being very mild-mannered about it. Kind of a new twist on this heel authority thing. Uh, so anyways, that was that. I thought it was a really, I thought it was a really fun match. I thought it was cool. This could have been a main event. Um, and uh, EC3, of course, I, I actually really like him. He's really good. Uh, next up, we got a video package for um, something called OVE, Ohio versus Everything. This is the Christ Brothers. I didn't know this last week, but people were informing me and educating me in the comments. Uh, which you guys are free to do in these comments. Um, this is the Christ Brothers. I saw them team with Sammy Callahan to take on the Super Click, uh, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks at um, PWG. And they're fantastic, so I'm really happy about this. They did a really cool video package uh, with them. Um, and, yeah, they're cool. They're also known as the Irish Airborne and Ohio Killer or something. I forget. Anyways, uh, they're really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. That's neat. See, bringing in talent like that is... Definitely a positive sign for GFW. Uh, let's see here. Then we had uh, KM, which is a really big fella. I can see KM showing up in NXT in like three years, but like completely revamped. And then you go back and look at old GFW and be like, oh my God, look, it's that guy as KM. Because he's got a great look to him. Like, I think he's got like a very raw sort of look to him that needs to be completely repackaged. But he's cool. I like him. I think he's a big dude. Anyways, he was, um, uh, why was he out? Uh, wait, was it him? Oh, it was him. And then I had never seen this dude before at all. Fala Ba. I'm sure plenty of you people, he's like, he's like a giant, he's either Samoan or, you know, he's like, he looks kind of like a Yokozuna type guy. Um, and then he came out with some dude named Mario Bocara. I'm sure you people out there who are watching GFW TNA for a while um, know who these guys are. I'd never seen them before. They haven't been around since they did the Mumbai tapings, and that's when I started watching. So I don't know. I don't know. They seem pretty cool, though. Follow Bob did, anyways, because he was doing stuff like he would steamroll people. Anyways, they were in a tag match, a, a six-man tag match against um, Suicide, who I still don't know why they're using Suicide. Let's just have that dude, I forget his name, take the mask off. He wrestled a couple weeks ago. Have him take the mask off. Just be a normal dude. Like, why are you bothering with this Suicide stuff? Um, Braxton Sutter, who's kind of in the middle of a very slow burn, like, asshole heel turn. Like, he's being a dick to his girlfriend, Allie. Like, there's, like, shades of domestic abuse there. So, that's not something to laugh about. But that's how they're kind of playing the heel turn. Anyways, he's still a face for now. Um, and then Grado came out. So it's those three against those three. Um, cool stuff going on here. It was just sort of a fun clusterfuck match. Uh, let's see. Braxton Sutter came, came off the top rope to the bottom and, and splashed on the, the heels at one point onto the floor. Suicide did one of those trucks, trust exercise things like Kobe Kingston does. Grado then goes to the top. So they're all like piling on the guys, but then Grado gets pushed off to the, to the mat. Then he gets steamrolled steam by Falaba, who just, like, rolls on him. It's pretty funny. 
Um, anyways, the finish saw Grado get a pin on Cam after Cam ate a boot by Braxton Sutter, but Grado was a legal man. He gets the pin and the win. Then Grado gets down on one knee and calls out Laurel Van Ness. Joseph Park brings out Laurel Van Ness. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, like while he's about to propose and say, let's get married, Congo Kong, a man with massive breasts, comes down and uh, and Grado actually attacks Congo Kong like he does. He's not like acting afraid of him or anything. He attacks him. Um, Ali Braxton Sutter, who's still milling about, um, Ali starts asking him to like, hey, yeah, go help. He's the face, and you're a face, so you need to go help this guy. And Braxton says, not gonna do that again. Slow burn heel turn. He's just sort of turning into kind of a dick. But really, do you want to get in the ring with Congo Kong? Probably not. Anyways. Um, Congo Kong uh, goes up to the top rope. Laurel Van Ness brings him down. She says, don't do that. They go off together. It's kind of the same shit that happened last week, so they need to resolve this at some point. I hope they don't do the same thing again next week, but they probably will. Uh, next up, we had an LAX interview. Um, Conan, uh, so the, the chick, I forget her name, uh, with the microphone, the interview bot, she asked Conan a question. He says, listen up, random white girl number five which is really funny. Again, he did all the talking. He was talking straight in the camera, though. I love Conan, though. He's like a really good... He's, he's a really good promo guy. Like, he's just really good at this. Um, and uh, he is very scary. It's cool. Anyways, uh, Conan says, uh, you know, we're going to debut our new member. He's very menacing. He walks off. And then the re- remaining three men in LAX, they start, like, surrounding white girl number five in a very menacing way. <laughs> I'm like, well... I'm not going to touch what they're getting at with that. That that looked pretty hardcore. Anyways, because um, they were like... <laughs> Anyways, uh, EZ3 came back out. This is weird. He comes out wearing jeans and a towel over, like, around his neck and his new title, the Grand Championship. He uh, stood up and professed his love for the title. He kissed it and then said, let's get out of here. I'm pretty sure he's going to fuck that title. That's what he was getting at there. It was funny. It was really entertaining stuff. Uh, LAX uh, comes out, uh, and then the Patron Familia comes out. But they seem all good. They seem all united. They're ready to go. Patron wasn't yelling at anybody. Uh, anyway, so this is, you know, uh, six-man uh, match. Uh, Dos Karras actually started off like the elderly, the, the old man of the family. Dos Karras started out. And he can still wrestle. It just looks like it's in slow motion. It was cool, though. It was neat. And he looks very comfy. He was wearing a t-shirt and like some uh, some track pants. That was cool. Um, we got a suicide dive from El Ijo de, de Dos Caras. That was cool. Um, and then like five minutes into the match, they, they, they go and we get a sneak peek of some show on Pop called Swedish Dicks. And then like a shit ton of commercials. There's like a five minute break. You see people think you got a bad watch in the Cena versus Nakamura. This is LAX versus the Patrons. We get like a five-minute break in the action. But it's not live. It's all taped, so it's not like we're missing any of the match. Anyways, um, I noticed there's a couple of rough spots with the Patrons. Like uh, Alberto did um, like a, one of those uh, backbreaker things over his knee, and it just looked bad. I don't know. There was a couple of little sloppy bits here and there, but it was whatever. It was, it was, it was all just a lead-up to um, low-key being uh, comes out and he gives a double stomp, a nasty double stomp to Alberto El Patron. And on, he turns around and he's seeing on the back of his suit, because he wears a suit, it says LAX. 
So I'm, I'm to assume that he is the new member of LAX. Um, oh, there was one bit, though. Uh, at one point, El Ejo gets in there because Alberto El Patron is sort of on his knees, like tired. El Ejo gets in there with a chair, and everybody's like, ooh, is he going to be the new member of LAX? But no, he hits homicide with it. Um, so, yeah, low-key. And then they all they all hold the titles because they have, like, the tag titles, and then low-key grabbed Alberto El Patron's titles. I hope this is, this means, and it's kind of obvious, but I, I'm really, I, I would actually really like to see a low-key Alberto El Patron uh, uh, feud. That's kind of cool. I really like low-key. I think he really tries to hurt people in the ring, though. <laughs> that double stomp, he doesn't, like, fall backwards on it. He, like, literally double stomps the person from the top rope, from the top turnbuckle. But and I know I, I know you guys are filling the comments right now. I know he's done this before. Like he literally beat up a guy who was knocked out. But that was years ago. You think that he's like grow up a little bit. Anyways, um Alberto Del Rio or Alberto El Patron starts like bleeding profusely from the mouth, but it's like the most fake even, either it was real and it was lit wrong or it was I think it's it was fake because he wasn't gonna be bleeding that much internally from a double stomp. Um and uh and he's like bleeding from the mouth, but it's like the fakest looking blood. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Uh, and then Low-Key and LAX stand tall with the belts. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm hoping Low-Key ditches the suit. I don't think he's going to, but I really hope he does. I can't stand the suit. Why doesn't anybody just grab his damn tie? Problem solved. You win. Just grab his tie. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's how, uh, GFW Impact finished. Um, fairly entertaining episode. They still have, and I, I honestly, like, I've been thinking about this all morning. I don't know how to get around the situation with the crowds. They've got that great impact zone. I know they've got, like, tourists. And according to our good friendo and my son, Christopher Kaufman, he said when he went to the tapings, uh, like, a little while ago, it was, like, 30 hardcore fans, and then the rest were all tourists. And that's why it really... Like, when Low-Key came out and he did what he did, nobody seemed to give a shit. I don't know if it was because they were, like, sort of towards the tail end of tapings, but people were just sort of like, oh. Some people, a lot of people are confused. There is no reaction. That's the that's like one of the biggest things is you're starting from the ground up. And I just, I, I don't know how to get around that. I really don't. Like build up an exciting product, but to do that, you kind of have to tour. I know they're doing like shows in other places. I don't know how to get around it. But that crowd is just dead Almost always, unless some crazy shit happens in a match that looks dangerous. <coughs> I mean, some people are chanting for EC3. I don't know how you get around that, though. I don't. Pay your crowd to cheer. Maybe they worked in Mumbai. That was a hot crowd because they were getting paid. Um, but I think they have a long way to go before people are actively going to be like, you know, they're able to fill up the impact zone with paid fans. Or even just fans. If they just said, hey, any fan of Impact, you can come on in for free. I think they might do. I don't know. I don't know if you got to pay to get in the Impact Zone. I don't know what to do in that situation, man. Like, you're stuck. Because you have a great, like, you have great production value. You really, they really do. They have a really good production value. And they've got the Impact Zone, which is a really, really great looking place. But it's just full of people who don't give a shit. You need fans of your product. You need people to be popping for story beats. And they don't have that right now. And that just, it makes the product, there's no sense of excitement 
behind the product when I'm watching it on TV when these things are happening. So that's something that, that they need to, to, to take and to, to figure out. I'm going to do that. Anyways, um, let me know what you guys think of this in the comments. If I should just keep it on my personal channel, eh, I'm not going to do that. But now you get an audio version of it. I'm going to post this as, a, as an audio podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, that's it for my Global Force Wrestling Impact Review. Let me know what you think in the comments. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.